Do your students struggle to struggle? If your students are anything like mine, the moment they hit a problem that's complex or they just don't know what to do, their hand shoots up in the air looking for me to help them. Or they just shut down and give less effort, which is the exact opposite of what we want them to do right? So starting Thursday, March 7th, I'm hosting a free Make Struggle Productive video series. The videos will be sent directly to your email and all you have to do is watch it and give the quick wins inside the video a try. Then you can interact with the Facebook group to share how it went. In these three video trainings, we will talk about how to encourage our students to build the life skill of struggling to learn. Then on Sunday, March 10th at 4 p.m. Central, we will meet live on Zoom for a workshop on the exact three steps that you can take to set up your math classroom for productive struggle. And they're surprisingly easy. If you'd like, you can join this video series all about building that important life skill of facing struggle as a mode for learning by visiting monamath.com slash challenge. I hope to see you there. This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. What is student-centered teaching? Well, let's break that down a little bit. A student-centered classroom is where you center your students' thinking, and basically the focus is taken off what the teacher is saying, and rather it's put onto what the students are saying. The student thinking guides the learning. The teacher steps away from the notion of being the knower and the shower and moves into being the facilitator and the question asker. Students are allowed to think, explore, and try first before they're ever shown what to do or how to do it. Then students are guided towards solidifying their understanding in ways that can be replicated. It's learning by doing. It's not learning by being told what to do. All right, let me say that again. It's learning by doing not learning by being told what to do. When students have to figure out something, that is the learning that sticks. Think about it like this. If I show you how to make a paper airplane, I walk you through all the steps and I tell you to do it exactly as I show you, you're probably going to be able to replicate it. You can do it along with me. We can practice and you'll be able to fold the paper airplane. But in two weeks, if I come to you and I say, I want you to fold one of those paper airplanes for me, 
there's a good chance you won't be able to remember exactly how to do it in the way that I showed you. However, if I give you a piece of paper and I tell you to fold it, not necessarily in any particular paper airplane, you'll use your background knowledge and your schema, and you'll try several different designs. You might even collaborate with a friend to see what they know. You'll test and tweak your design. And I might even come by and ask you a few questions about what you're doing. And just that process of explaining what you're trying gives you a few more ideas of things to try. And then maybe I'll drop a few off like a few photos of successful paper airplanes to give you inspo. And just, you know, kind of time that right in the moment when you're stuck. The likelihood of you remembering what worked and what didn't two weeks later is pretty high. Experiencing problem solving and learning from your own mistakes is such a valuable experience in terms of creating learning that lasts. Inquiry, exploration, hands-on learning, these are all buzzwords, right? But they all share in the idea that student thinking is at the center of the learning experience. That's why I have found what works best for students in math is student-centered teaching. So these are the kinds of experiences that my students experience. (laughs) These are the kinds of things my students experience in math. And they are inevitably more engaged, more motivated. The participation is increased. They ask more questions, they collaborate better, and they're more willing to reflect and set goals and work toward them because they know what they're doing. They know the end goal and they have an active role in meeting that goal. So I want to give you today one small thing that you can change in your math classroom just a small step that you can take to make it more student-centered, all right? And I'm going to suggest that you use an entrance routine of a math warm-up. So in many classrooms, the entrance routine is a time used for like review or as some say like drill and kill, right? That's that practice sheet of math facts where we just have them do all of them until, you know, they croak out. Um, (laughs) Or just in general, time to do some low cognitive demand practice. And my classroom has been that place too, all right? I'm just going to say old habits die hard. I just want to urge you today to try something new. Try using an open-ended math warm-up that will engage your students in deep, critical thinking from the moment they walk into math class. We're going to leave the practice, the review, we're going to put that aside for just a, a minute and try this one small step. 
Here's what we should look for when we're trying to find this student-centered math warm-up. We want a math warm-up that's attainable, something that our students are going to be able to do within 10 to 15 minutes. We want it to be relevant, relevant to your teaching goals, to the standards, to the learning targets, to your students' lives, to what they're learning right now. We need this warm-up to connect in some way. It definitely can be a review. Maybe you teach third grade like I do, and you've moved on to division and you're approaching fractions, but we know that they still need practice with three-digit addition and subtraction. Then your math warm-up can focus on those number sense skills that are the foundation of flexible thinkers in addition and subtraction, right? So choose a math warm-up that's relevant. Also, your math warm-up has to be open-ended, meaning that first step that they take is something that all students can do, but it's open-ended enough where it can extend to meet the needs of all of your learners. Some people talk about this as low floor, high ceiling. You also want your math warm-up to practice the standards of mathematical practice. So things like providing evidence to justify their reasoning, making sure that they're precise, critiquing the reasoning of others. These are all things that we can incorporate into our math warm-up. And again, we want to naturally differentiate this math warm-up by choosing that open-ended task, but also where there's a variety of entry points. And finally, like I already said, it can practice previous skills and concepts, or it can help your students gain experience with a new concept. So we're approaching fractions in my third grade class. We haven't taught it yet this year. However, my students have been doing a math warm-up that involves fractions since the beginning of the year. So let me explain to you how you can use a math warm-up to make your classroom student-centered. So first, you have to create a routine. All right, so step number one is routine. Create a structure that your students will love because it's a structure. Students love structure. It allows them to execute it independently. They don't need you to tell them the directions. There's nothing more that a kid hates than having to sit quietly and still while the teacher tells them directions that they already know, right? So let's empower our students to be independent in this math routine by teaching them a clear structure. I always remind my students and I review how to actively and appropriately engage in the math routine. That is such good time spent. It really makes sense to just spend time reminding students and making sure that they know that like the, the expectations are clear. Then they know exactly what's expected of them and they're more likely to jump in and participate. This routine can empower your students to take the lead in completing their work without your help. That's what we want, right? So then step number two in using a math routine is support grappling. Now, grappling is what we call like the productive struggle time in my classroom. 
You can call it whatever you want, but I particularly do like the word grappling. I'm partial. But you want to build your students' capacity to work on these tasks independently. That's not going to happen overnight, right? You are going to tell them, okay, we have five minutes of independent work time and you're going to have hands in the air. So we're going to have to talk with our students about what it means to grapple, why it's important to the learning process to struggle and to find ways to overcome the challenges that they'll face. We talk all the time in my class about how grapple means that you're going to do something really challenging for a short amount of time. And in that time, you independently find solutions to your problems, even if they're unsuccessful. Whew, that's important. That's a life lesson, right? And I'm going to also say that we include a lot of math affirmations that build our growth mindset and remind my students that they can do this work. I love the math affirmation. I have everything inside of me to do this work. Yes, you do. That's true for you too, teacher friend. You have it inside of you to do this. It's just about finding it and activating it, right? We also have norms that guide our classroom. My students know how important it is that they have their independent work, but they also know that we have norms that we always talk in math class. So they can rest assured that this time of grappling will not last forever and that soon they will be turning and talking to a partner or sharing out their ideas with the whole class. Um, and that this math warm-up, we also have a norm that mistakes are part of it, right? That they learn from mistakes, that mistakes are learning. And we really try hard to live out these norms and affirmations every single day in our classroom. If you want to know about these math norms and these math affirmations, you can check out my teacher shop at monamath.com slash shop. They're all in there. And I welcome you to send me a message and say, hey, this one's missing. I think you need a math norm like this. Or have you thought of this math affirmation? And I will absolutely add those in. Um, I love sharing new math affirmations all the time. So send them my way. All right, so step number three in how you can take this small shift of adding a math routine, a math warm-up into your class. So step number three is the right format is key. So math warm-ups come in all shapes and sizes. A crowd favorite in my classroom is number of the day. It allows students to practice several skills in a predictable format while still giving the flexibility to solve the problems in their own strategies and model their thinking using whatever model makes sense to them. I love this one in fifth grade for modeling decimals. Decimals are new for us in fifth grade and a good review in sixth grade. So number of the day can be giving your students a decimal and having them represent it in all the ways that they can think of. Another favorite is which one doesn't belong. If you've been around for a while on my Instagram or my blog, you know I love which one doesn't belong. In fact, I have tons of packs, monthly packs of which one doesn't belong slides in my teacher shop, which you have to go check out if you haven't. It is the perfect 
way to engage your students in a math warm-up because there is no right answer. If you've ever watched Sesame Street, I feel like they have this, they have the game of like which one doesn't belong or which one's not like the other. It's the same concept. Basically, there's four options and students need to make a claim on which one doesn't belong and provide reasoning as to why they think it doesn't belong. The beauty, you could make an argument for every choice on why it doesn't belong. I'll also link in the show notes a website that has tons and tons and tons of images for which one doesn't belong. It is a treasure trove. Okay, so another reason that I love which one doesn't belong is because it works well as a math warm-up because of its versatility. You can legit do this with any math concept or any concept at all, really. And let's see. Let's review real quick here. We got to have a routine. We've got to support the grapple. We've got to choose the right math format, math warm-up format. And finally, we've got to use that predictable lesson structure. And here's what I'm talking about. I like to use four steps to teach anything. And it includes the math warm-up. They're just shorter. So I like to teach with these four steps, which are launch, grapple, discuss, revise. So I launch the task, which in the math warm-up is non-existent because students just come in from recess, get out their math warm-up, and get started. And then we grapple time, right? We talked about that. And then we discuss. And the way that we discuss is different for the math warm-up than maybe for a longer math task. With the math warm-up, I might have students talk at their tables or turn in talk or As I walk around, I might choose a couple people and have them share their ideas. And then I always give chance, I always give my students a chance to revise. What that means is in this case, I might say, you know what? Take 30 seconds and add another piece of evidence to your reasoning. But I like that piece at the end because we want to always give our students an opportunity to take what they learn in the discussion and take action on it. If you want to learn more about these four simple steps to teach anything, you have to listen to episode six of Honest Math Chat, where I go into detail about these four steps and how I use them to teach anything and everything. All right, so let's recap. This simple shift in your teaching, which trading that page of practice problems that you have students do at the start of class for a math warm-up, you are going to increase students' critical thinking, math reasoning, and opportunity to build deep mathematical connections. Through these math tasks, these math warm-up tasks, I should say, students practice more than just finding the steps to the answer. They practice how to think like mathematicians. So don't wait to get started on making your classroom more student-centered. You can even join our Facebook group, uh, the Math Teacher Collaborative, where we're talking about how to make our classrooms more student-centered all the time. We have live trainings in there each week, and you'll get tons of tips and advice for free because it's Facebook, and you can come and collaborate with us. We'd love to have you. Get in there and ask questions about math warm-ups. We'd love to answer them for you. I hope I've shown you how implementing a math warm-up in your 
student-centered math class can inch your students a little bit closer to having an experience to build that learning that lasts. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.